Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, what's happening? Happy holidays, everybody. Kate, what's happening? Hello. Happy Wednesday. How are you? Oh, it's Wednesday already. Hey, Jackson, what's happening? Good. How are you? Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Influence Factory. This is the last one of the year. Holy smokes. I uh, just want to say um, happy holidays to everybody. Jeez. It's, can you believe it's like, what is it like? I know we just uh, we just skated through Hanukkah, and then it's like all of a sudden it's, I think, Christmas, like in five days. Is that right? Or something like that? Six days? Uh, yeah, it's six days. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, uh, so uh, everybody should know by now. I'm looking at all of our guests on today. But if you want to play with us on social, Kate always tells us how to do that. Yeah, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Social Jack. And then, of course, we'll be live tweeting the program at Get Social Jack. You can follow the hashtag Influence Factory. Woohoo, Jackson, I do like the holiday spirit of the cover slide today. So uh, and Roger said, nice hat, Jackson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. All right, everybody, you do know how to ask questions. I'm looking and it all looks like uh, familiar friends and family. I'm not sure if we have any new folks on, but uh, if you do want to ask questions, just type those into that questions area. And I know a lot of you are on mobile. You can always go to mobile. And Shirley Miller loves the hat, Jackson. Nice job. Okay, and don't forget all the goodies. Uh, we are uploading continuously every week, all forums, videos, and all kinds of cool things. And then you can uh, sign up for notifications or make sure you mark for notifications live from the Social Jack platform so that you know uh, each and every uh, time that we upload new goodies up there. So please and always look for those discounts. Um, Real quick, I just want to, uh, <laughs> I just want to, Jimmy Z has always got it. Hopefully you're feeling better, Jimmy. I understood you have a cold, so this is a rough time of year to have a cold. So I see, uh, I see Barry Goodman on with us. So last night, Kate, we had a, a Social Jack exclusive event where um, had a lot of influence, a lot of interviews, a lot of cool, fun things. Uh, it was a social experiment, uh, and uh, we had about 50 or 60 good people in the audience. Uh, we had Tom Meyer and Barry Goodman hosting, and uh, what did you think about that? It was awesome. Um, you know, we're we're really seeing like networking events. We go, we do a lot of networking events. Our clients are throwing a lot of them, but I think the important thing to keep in mind is that we're networking with a purpose. And that's what I really saw last night. People that weren't just like sticking out their business cards as they met you, you know, they were, who do you want to get connected with? Who can I help introduce you with? And so um, I love that. It's like good networking, you know, quality. Yeah, it was it was all about helping one another, and and that's the spirit of, of 2019, is and we're going to talk in a few minutes here about um, you know some trends that we see and some things to work on and some things to watch out for, and some things that we've learned over the course of the last year. So we'll be covering that here in a few minutes. But I think in the spirit of last night, what do you think about Wayne Mesmer coming in with his Cubs World Series ring? I thought that was pretty cool, right? Yeah, that was really cool. And yeah, he had a really awesome. interesting story to tell, too. So he's a cool yeah. guy. Yeah, he's had quite a life. And uh, Jackson, you talked to him quite a bit about theater. I didn't realize he was so involved with Chicago theater. Yeah, yeah, he's very – he actually has a one-man show that he uh, travels around with. Uh, so that's 
yeah, awesome. He's doing all these things by like by himself, which you know is insane if you think about it. You're, you're sitting there and you're doing an entire. He said, I, I believe he said it was an hour and a half long show, and it's just him up there. You know, and and I think that's a very difficult thing to do because you don't have that. You know, like if you drop a line, and I know, you know, he's he's probably done it millions of times, so it's just second nature to him. But he, you know, if you drop a line or something, you usually have someone where you can right. you know, rely on to you know pick up some slack if you're, you know, let's say it's not your day, you know, and you're just roll and drop a line. This person can pick it up or segue into the next uh, best area in the script. So I, that's awesome for Wayne that he's doing all, you know, all of it by himself. And yeah, it's very scary. Gotta be. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the amount of things that he does, I didn't know he owned a financial company. He was the one that created the Chicago uh, Wolves, which I didn't know is a hockey team. And I, I remember him from the days of being a Hawks uh, season ticket holder and hearing him sing the national anthem uh, every single game uh, at that time. And then he branched out and Sunday he sang the anthem at the Bears game and then he sings regularly for the Cubs, which is how I think he got that World Series ring. But man, that thing, that thing was ginormous. It like it took was. up the entire knuckle, you know, it was like two knuckles, you know, it was, a lot of diamonds on there. Um, Kate, what did you think? You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, we had Barry and Tom sharing their stories. Then we had Colin, who just released um, Egglesfield, who's one of our influencers, that just released that film with Sylvester Stallone. And it's funny, as much as we interview and know all these folks in our world, I think we learned even some new things last night. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All the time, particularly about them. Um, and, and I think also what it's so interesting to to talk about is, is the storytelling skills and how they're kind of needed across businesses, right? Like there's no, there's no real person who interacts with anyone who doesn't need some solid storytelling skills and some solid stories to tell. So I think right. we really saw that by a wide variety of different people in the room. And I think that uh, another theme, and and we'll get into the news here in a minute, like I mentioned, um, but one of the big things for um, this year, and I think, um, you know, we we started it last night and we've been talking about it all year here, but I want everybody to hear it maybe just a little bit differently, is the power of authenticity. And and Barry, uh, who's on with us, and, and Tom Meyer and Colin and everybody You know, I uh, and we go through this every time Kate does interviews with our influencers as she's onboarding people. It's like, what is that part of your story that you're afraid to tell? Because it really identifies who you are and who you've become. And it's interesting how many people want to suppress that. And it's our job. You know, how hard do we work to fight with people to go, no, this needs to be told as part of your story, you know, and then we, and then Kate will come to me and she'll go, Dean, they don't want to tell that part of their story. And then we, we strategize and help coach them around that. But, um, mm-hmm. so I, I felt a lot of that last night and I heard a lot of people telling vulnerable parts of themselves in a networking event, which typically you don't hear. Yeah, absolutely. It's always the one part of their story that, you know, you don't want to tell. It's like the pain point, you know, and and they don't want people to know. But a lot of times it's the part that other someone else is going to connect with. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think we should all be talking about those parts of our stories in 2019 instead of hiding them. 
Right. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys nailed it. So we also have um, we also have uh, one of our charities that we support that was there last night called uh, the Harbor. You want to give them a quick shout out and just tell people who they are and we yeah. Can yeah, absolutely. The Harbor is um, a charity that supports homeless youth here in Chicagoland, specifically young ladies who find themselves homeless more often than not because they're running away from um, a household situation that doesn't foster their growth. So it's got transitional housing, education um, initiatives, helping them start on a better path and a better life. Um, Chris Salyards, the CEO, is truly inspirational and the work she does with these youth. They just opened up a second home. Um, and this is not like a shelter, it's transitional housing. So there's mothers there to help with them, their education and their housing needs. And then in 2019, I'm launching a week program with them with um, confidence classes, dress for success. We're going to do some of the social jack digital citizenship in there. Um, so a really great, a really great organization. You can check them out at the Harbor. That's H-A-R-B-O-U-R.org. Yep. And um, maybe we can tweet that out so uh, they can get some last minute donations. I do like yeah. that they, they they need simple items. It's funny the things that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, we have socks. You know, all of us, I'm yeah. sure, that are on with us today that are listening have socks and we have shoes and we have shirts on our back. And it's just sometimes these people come off the streets and they just need something. So if right. it's a dollar, if it's $20, you know, go to uh, maybe maybe take a break and go to Dunkin' instead of Starbucks and you'll save two bucks and you know, <laughs> they can get a pair of socks. But um, yeah, I absolutely. And if you don't feel comfortable donating money, you can actually go to their Facebook and they have an Amazon wish list. And just like you said, it's the things you'd never think about. Deodorant, soap, um, brushes, things yes. like that. So if you'd rather donate some goods for the holiday, they'll take donations that way, of course, as well. Yep, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so anyway, thank you everybody who supports uh, the harbor and and other charities that we support. It's a good time of year to to think about that for others. So, uh, with that being said, let's move on to um, uh, a few uh, trends. Now, this is from Social Media Today, so we're going to be a little fluid about this. Um, before we get into things that we're going to look at in the future. I was given some thought to a couple of big items that I think were part of our uh, culture in terms of helping our clients and, and helping develop influencers, many of who are listening today. Um, Kate, I think um, you hit on a really uh, important thing when you talked about uh, telling your story. And some people see that as two different things. Um, but we translate story into social. Do you want to just um, maybe share some experiences, you know, of how that's been for you this year? And, and you know, you stepped into a new role going through from a big theme park into, mm -hmm. Kate, I have this whole influencer development program that we're launching and I want you to be part of this. And whoo, yeah. look at where it's a year, it's over a year later. What do you think? I mean, what did you learn and, and what's your takeaways? Well, I think storytelling just goes hand in hand with vulnerability. And I think we really saw that in 2018. And we really saw this shift in mindset, um, specifically with clients that I've been working in, in these professional business influencer roles that are seeing the value of telling their story. Um, you know, and, and I think before it was like everyone was thinking like, oh, why do I need to put 
personal things on my LinkedIn. Like, this is what I do for a living. This is what I can do for you. Like, shouldn't that be enough? And I just think it's, it's just not anymore. If you Google a service that you need online, you get 15 options right away. You know, even the ones like the advertisement ones that people have paid to get their name to the top of Google. You have companies that are using PR and press releases to get their name up there, but you have an unlimited amount of options. So what's going to be that one thing that makes somebody choose you over someone else? And it's going to be the part of your story that they connect to, whether or not you went to the same college or you went through the same experiences or whatever it is. And so we're really seeing a shift in mindset right now with these banks and financial institutions. And um, as I've rudely dubbed them stubby, you know, like, like kind of, you know, stuffy professionals, but these people are actually using the power of their stories to connect to potential clients. Um, so I really, I really saw a big shift with my clients in 2018. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm going to pick on Barry because he was a host last night, but think about the shift in, in Barry Goodman last night, who amazing accountant, um, had transitioned, sold a family business, um, was part of a CPA, you know, a large CPA firm, and then transitioned into his own firm for exit planning, and now is part of a national firm. I mean, he's had quite a journey, and he said that was the first time that he's told that story in public. And and it's interesting how differently the room responds to you or the network, you know, so we had sort of a mini social network there. Um, but it's interesting how once you start doing that and having those vulnerable conversations, then you make it part of your story. And then we had uh, Melissa Wilson in the room who was literally uh, with brought Wayne Mesmer and she's helping me work on my book. And, and everybody that was just like, okay, I think I'm ready to tell my story. You know, Tom Meyer is like 13 chapters in and she yeah. goes, oh my gosh, stop. You know, she goes, let's just do it the right way and get your story told, you know, and mm -hmm. it's funny how, um, so how many people on with us today have actually written a book or believe they have a book or a story to tell? I'm just sort of curious, just type in there. So, um, so uh, if you do, uh, make sure you connect with us because we have the woman who has the process. Uh, we're doing Absolutely. a lot of work with her this year, and it's um, yeah, it's uh, she's she's super cool. So, uh, yep. So, couple of them. <laughs> Another thing that was really interesting with the storytelling is how people are working that into their LinkedIn profiles. And so another huge shift that I saw with my clients and myself this year is using LinkedIn the way it's supposed to be used. You know, the common misconception is that it's a resume. It's a list of, you know, duties and responsibilities at your job, but it's really so much more about the story. And I just think of the the stamp collecting thing that came out last night, like where there was like four people in the room that collected stamps and had that never been on somebody's bio it would have been never something to connect with about that so a well, little things yeah and um uh yeah and roger says he uses stories on webinars and on on-site training and so uh, storytelling is huge now one of the interesting things that i used to do kate and i don't think we've done it in a while maybe we'll put it in in our other um in our other uh, events but I use a social exercise to connect the room. And this was this was like a mini LinkedIn exercise. I started like five years ago. And I would say, uh, okay, so, and I would pick certain things based on who was in the room. And I'd say, okay, so how many people run in the room? Like on a regular basis, you're a runner, you know, because runners sort of run in packs and they register and they meet at running events and things like that. So I'd have people stand up, look around and make eye contact. 
then I'd have them sit down and then I'd say, hey, everybody that uh, likes um, uh, red wine, uh, you know, stand up. And so they'd turn around and I'd do this with a couple of different things. Uh, you know, how many people are Cubs fans and how many people are Sox fans? And I'd get the North Siders and South Siders. And what was interesting with that is then I would monitor, look at, you know, watch them, their social behavior at the end when they were networking and we had cut them loose and they were always like clustering together super. So I, I want to do that in the new ones. But that's that's part of what you were just saying is that when you're on somebody's LinkedIn profile or even at a live event and you get that connection by all of a sudden you have the same type of drink. Oh, what are, what are you drinking? Oh, that sounds good. You know, or it's like, you know, where you know, you find out you both went to the same school or you both like, you know, or musicians or whatever it is. It's, it's, you both read books. It's funny how that just breaks all barriers, isn't it? It's absolutely. Yeah. That's um, th that's why uh, in our coaching, we'll tell you, it's not just about LinkedIn. <laughs> Roger says craft beer. How many people on with us today? Like craft beer. I um, love craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Roger. You got a whole bunch of, at least on this team that'll, uh, that'll with you. Um, so, um, yeah, actually I love too much, uh, craft beer. Bill Haas says yes. So, uh, so right on. So, um, but it's, uh, it's interesting that don't just stop at LinkedIn, but it's, it's okay to, to look at what people like on Instagram or if you're connected to them or what, you know, can connect to them on Facebook, if it's open, you get what I call social clues. So, um, one thing that, uh, happened today, Shirley Miller loves red wine. So do I Shirley. So, Hey, we were drinking some red wine last night or somebody was so a bunch of people. We went through a few bottles last night. <laughs> so, um, I think what's, I think what's interesting is, is, having uh, a sense for, for what's going on with people's lives and what's happening, you know, and I've been caught up in this where all of a sudden I have a great conversation and a bunch of great conversations and then people go dark. And this happens in sales and business development quite a bit. And so what we look at is like, is there something going on? Were they normally posting or tweeting or on Instagram on a regular basis? And did it slow down or stop? Because it may not just be you and them, but it could be that things are going on in their lives and they just, you know, they just, uh, you know, it's not you, you know, it's not personal. It, it's, it's, it's really, there's something going on with them. So I just want to make sure people are understanding that in sales, there's that personal element as well. So another big thing uh, is we've done a lot of streaming, right, Jackson? So we have a lot of streaming that we've done over the year, I think. I don't know if you've done an inventory, but I think it was well over 300 or 400 social streams that we did. And then, you know, Kate's teaming up with you with uh, live tweeting and other things that go on around these streams. Uh, have you seen a change or a development in technology as it applies to streaming? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see so many changes from day to day. Uh, just it's it, it changes about I wouldn't say as frequently as social platforms do, but I would say it's almost that frequent where, you know, there's a new update. There's new features you can use uh, YouTube. You can, you know, go live directly from your mobile device, your laptop, your, you know, anywhere you got a webcam. <clears throat> and then if you're doing like bigger things, you got a, uh, like a media encoder <clears throat> or a encoder for, you know, streaming to, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, all, all the different ones, uh, YouTube, 
and, and you know those you know those things are always changing always improving always trying to uh, make it a better experience for not only the user but whoever's producing whoever's you know using the technology so i i think that's a very cool thing and i i, I can't wait to see you know what they come out with in two, 2019 you know and it's 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 really cool and i i really can't so i can't wait yeah. Well, so. in fact, in fact, we're even changing platforms. So most oh, of yeah. you known us have been on for GoToWebinar for ten years, and and now we're um, working on uh, transitioning platforms and things like that. So we're going to take a break in uh, January, but we'll be relaunching in February with a whole new lineup and a whole new uh, technology and all kinds of cool new things. So. The idea is um, it's always evolving. It's always changing. One of the coolest things, Jackson, is there's a there's a tool that you came across that allows us. It's not cheap. It's not free, but it allows us to take a stream and even multi cameras at a at a location. So if we're all sitting in a room, we could have a two camera shoot or a three camera shoot, and then stream out uh, onto multiple channels at the same time. What is that technology? I mean, that's sort of new, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It I would say it's not new because it's been around for about the last, I mean, it's new in the last five to 10 well, years. Well, maybe become more available or more affordable too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely become more available and uh, I would say a lot easier to use. Like the, um, you know, the user interface on a lot of these platforms started off as so complex. Like you, you basically had to get a degree in, you know, media or film work in order to understand these things or at least, you know, study it for a little while. Right. And um, it's now it's it's like there's a, a how to button for everything. Yep. And you but can tell just, me, tell us about the stream. Yeah. Tell us about the yeah, I am. stream. Yeah. OK. Um, so there is. Yeah, this it's a very cool platform and there's tons of them out there. So but it's basically what it does is it turns your camera into a video switchboard. So you can say, all right, camera one, go camera two, go. You know, and switch in and out from the different angles to see, you know, uh, maybe different people talking, you know, reflecting on who's uh, presenting, who's talking at the time. And, you know, that's very cool when you're talking about doing those bigger streams for live events or even streaming, you know, something like this. If we if we all were in the same room, which we, you know, aren't. And that's why, you know, it's, this is this is great for this. But this whole uh if if we were all sitting in the same room we could have three different cameras and then you know switch in between who's talking you know and i think that's very cool too because uh you know it it just shows the amount of production that's going into the and it's, it's do you very have the cool name of, do you have the name of the platform or the one that you're we're switching to or uh the one that we are uh switching to well i uh i don't know that one off the top of my head it's okay. in my notes but yeah it's uh very cool stuff okay. and i can put it in the notes later so okay cool thanks for that um so let's move on to 2019 because there's a lot to talk about so in terms of storytelling you know kate elaborated on storytelling jackson was social streaming uh making sure the other big thing and i think we're going to see it continue to grow is that um people uh we had people using hashtags for the first time kate on uh linkedin which was you know we had to publish a lot of cool things on how to use hashtags what is a hashtag i don't understand it 
So hopefully everybody that's on with this went through all those lessons, if not log into Social Jack. But um, one of the big things they talk about here, and we deal about you know this all the time, is that in social media, you know, they talk about the next age of data. And what still strikes me odd, and hopefully everybody's listening, is that we all don't do a great responsible we're not we're not responsible with emails you know and emails are at the core of all social media they're at the core of email marketing they're at the core of you know getting people into those social streaming events so kate what do you see on the data side being different looking forward this year well i think i think with um i think from a consumer standpoint everyone's asking for transparency so i think we're going to see a lot more of these opt-in, opt-in for cookies, opt-in for email yeah, sub subscriptions, call. things like that. And um, with that being said, it's, it's great from a consumer standpoint that, you know, people can't necessarily just breach your data. There's going to be a lot more um, of a lockdown on that and people just collecting all emails and putting them into their email um, communications and not ever asking. And from a consumer standpoint, it's also your responsibility to be paying attention to what emails you subscribe to now. So just like we, we clean out our LinkedIn inboxes and we clean up our social media, you know, like look at the emails that you're subscribed to and make sure you're unsubscribing to anything that doesn't seem relevant anymore. Because from a marketing standpoint, it stinks when we get all these emails that have bounced, when we take the time to put together email communication. And specifically, I remember working at the theme park and we really tailored our platform because we did so many different things. We spoke to all of our different audiences in different ways. And I would spend weeks building these segmented emails only to find that, you know, 100 people didn't even open it because it didn't apply to them anymore. So this is a really good time as as the rules are becoming more clear to be cleaning up your subscriptions, who you're subscribed to, making sure everything is relevant. Um, you know, at the same time you do your social media, you clean up your social media. And that way, people who are doing email marketing can more effectively speak to you. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good call. And I think I think the idea is to have um, good processes around that, too. You know, it's like when mm. you come off of uh, the like the event last night, you know, we'll have an outbound email that goes out today. Um, we'll deliver emails, uh, addresses and contact information to our hosts. So we're we have a routing system for that. We have. Uh, communication where we're going to connect uh, to uh, those uh, people on social media um, and making sure there's a whole system uh, for that. So uh, upon the point of collection, what's funny is it's like, you know, you you get people and they hand the business card and there's this whole um, there's this whole thing um, about next thing, you know, now what happens? You know, where does the email go? Do you have a CRM system? Do you have an email system? You know, and it's it's just it's it's a whole different world and and once you have that you have one bite at the apple or two bites at the apple and then people can just click a button and unsubscribe you know and so you have to really think about what does the relationship look like with those emails it's not just a stack of names or whatever those are individuals on the other side um, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh it yeah I, i'd like to go back to what well a little bit about what you were saying but more about what Kate was saying with the transparency and you know the email databases. I was reading an article 
the other day that uh, was talking about that, uh, ma mainly with the email databases. I can't remember which one, but a, I, they said that a lot of them are moving towards when you're uploading, let's say, like a list to do a follow-up email or, uh, you know, just one contact and you're, you have to add them to a certain, you know, group. And when you're doing that, it's going to, it'll ask you for um, implied or expressed permission. And I, I think that's very cool too, because that's yeah. going to, you know, I, I, I don't know how that'll differ on their end, but I, I, uh, I, I really hope to see, you know, a lot more, you know, user friendly. Well, I, yeah. And I think this goes to Rick's comment is like, he says, uh, I unsubscribe from an email and I get blasted. So uh, implied means that, um, we tell people when they register for an event that they're opting in to social jack and forward progress. Um, and they're also opting into our sponsors and it's their choice that once they get a message that they can opt out. And, and most everyone that you get an email from, or, you know, any email that we send out is can spam compliant, you know, which is the act that was passed over 25 years ago. <clears throat> but that means that when you opt out, you're opted out. Now, we do have a couple different domains that you do need to opt out from, depending on if you're part of our academy or maybe you're part of our marketing group, you know, depending on how you're working with us. Um, but what's interesting, as Jackson mentioned, uh, implied, which means, you know, um, that means that these people haven't physically double opted in to you, but it's implied based on how they've registered. And so, you know, you just want to read what you're doing. And a lot of times you're given permission without even knowing that you're given permission. But one of the things that Rick is seeing and a lot of us are seeing is that when he unsubscribes, uh, he still gets blasted. So uh, even after he unsubscribes, well, this means they're not compliant. And so the one thing you can do is as users, and I think Kate, to your point, you're gonna see a lot more of this is you can basically click the spam report button and report that domain. So once you start doing that, they'll pay attention to you because they, they get so many of those, their ISP will shut them down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And with this, with this being said, if you're somebody who's in charge of email communication, email marketing for your company, you might want to start at trade shows or however you collect emails, adding in that, do you subscribe? You know, do you, and then, and then you just cover all of your bases. It's just an extra little checkbox. Like, do we have permission to send you emails? And then you don't really have to worry about it as much. Well, and we're even we're even exploring uh, switching platforms. I mean, you know, a lot of times uh, the platforms are good and bad. And, you know, it's like, you know, I always think about this. I'm like, well, we're using constant contact. And I think MailChimp, depending on who we're delivering to, and then we have our other social jack platform. And so it's funny how um, I always believe I'm like, well, don't they just uh, block constant contact because it's an email marketing database. <laughs> <It's> mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, I, you know, if you think about it, I'm like, you know, why don't they just block all that? Because usually it says it's an email marketing system, you know, not a relationship right. building system. So who knows? All right. We got tons more to cover here. So Kate, we had a year of PR. Your team uh, writes a lot of PRs. Joe's team optimizes those. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think um, we use it for SEO, you know, search engine marketing, uh, SEM and search engine optimization, uh, as well as putting our influencers and our brands and our clients into the press at probably the most reasonable price on the street. So all in all, 
do you see things changing? I mean, they're talking here about marketing and PR will integrate more. And I think we've sort of seen that this year, but it sounds like it's a continued trend. Yeah, I think people are catching on to the fact that PR is uh, just a different form of content marketing. And so it's like if you if you pay the money, and I know we're one of the cheapest ones out there to do a press release or a press release package, and you use that in so many different ways. It's a like you like you said, it's it's a boost to the top of Google, it's a boost to the top for your SEO, it's um, you know, helping content. you get found first, and then it's content. Yeah, it's a blog. It's something you can post about on your website, on your social. You can turn around and put it as an article on your LinkedIn. You can link to it on social for literally forever after that. And it's just establishing you as a thought leader in every single aspect and then saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I was in the news. Um, and so when you can pay amount of money for something like that and repurpose it in so many ways, I mean, that's like invaluable. Yeah, that's that's well said. You know, that's um that's something that um, I think a lot of people overlook. It's like, oh, a press release, you know, it's a one-shot deal, I'm gonna be in the press. No, what happens is, just so everybody knows how this works, when, when a press release goes out and it gets picked up, and we guarantee a minimum of 250 news agencies taking that press release and pointing back to wherever you want them to go. And so if you think about the power in that, uh, Google looks at that and says, wow, this is pretty credible. We know that Barry's in the transit business transition space or exit planning space, whatever he wants to be known for. And all of a sudden, all that all those news agencies are validating his website to Google and saying, you need to be put this up to the top because it's very relevant. And now we put that on social, we put that in LinkedIn profiles, it becomes explosive. Yeah, I, I would actually, I'd like to add, um, you know, Along with, you know, the PR, the press releases and things like that, uh, when you have press releases or even LinkedIn articles that you are writing and publishing, there are, when you think about the visual aspect of that, repurposing it for visual content, so like yeah. graphics, things like that, there are so many now Uh there's websites out there that you just make an account. You, a lot of them you got to pay for, um, but if if you uh, if you decide to do it, you can go to any of them. I think the one that uh, we've used is Lumen Five, and that one will turn any article that you have. You just put the copy and paste the link in there, or you. Can, can copy and paste, you know, you wrote it in a Word doc first, you can copy and paste that directly into there, and it'll take that and automatically design a video for you using the content. And then if you want to, you can go in, edit it, swap out different sentences, but it'll find things that tie to the sentences that it's putting on the screen. It's very cool technology. And that is actually a big thing that I think we're going to see a lot more of in 2019 as well. So... Yeah, cool. and yeah, and does that does that sort of cross over into the the um, I don't want to say the the you know augmented reality space, but we're taking. I know that that's a little bit different, but we're taking. I, I think the one that you showed me, which I thought was fascinating, took a blog post and turned it into a video. But there, I think there was even another technology that was coming out or that came out 
that actually has taken anything that you write and turned it into like an infographic, which Kate, wouldn't that be the dream? So we don't have to sit there and pick it apart. All of a sudden you like you feed it in like a copier and at the other end comes out an infographic, even if it's partially wrong, at least it's a head start, you know? Well, and you know, all of the things we're talking about right now also play into number five, which is AI for everyone. That That is what this is. These are AI powered platforms that you're going to plug this information into and this artificial intelligence will read the article pick the best phrases and then you know grab those put those in a video pick the best video background graphics uh and do all the transitions for you so if you don't have a video design bone in your body do not worry because all of these <laughs> all of them all of them will do it for you and it's very simple, easy. It's uh, great, great stuff if you want to look into that. So I definitely recommend it. So yeah. Now, now here's what's funny. So I'm gonna just say, let's see. I got Barry, Bill. Uh, I'm gonna say Cindy. I would say Jimmy's in that camp. Uh, Roger, maybe uh, Rick, Shirley. So you have to imagine Kate and Jackson and anybody you know that's. I'd say younger than 35. Um, when we were working with technology originally, we went from punch cards and the rocket ships were going up with the exact same horsepower that these things have, right? So it's just funny to to sit here and hear this and think about this just happened in 2018 and this is just going to happen in 2019. And I was listening to... Um, uh, a podcast uh, called strategic innovation earlier and about the fact of how that if you're going to be in business that you have to think about not just being innovative but being strategically innovative and you're you have to change things up on a more frequent basis we used to be able to develop a package or a program and just let it run its course and that you know maybe it was you know sony originally was running their course and one, two, three, four, five, six years sometimes, and then innovate, re-innovating, and then it dropped to six months, and this is when Apple kicked their ass and and was really re-innovating things on a more frequent basis. And now, what do we we see a new iPhone? Is it still once a year, or does it feels like twice a year now that we see iPhones? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Because you'll see like they'll be like iPhone eight and came out, and then you're like at the end of the year, you're seeing like the twelve, and you're like, what? I, I just bought, I just bought this one. <laughs> yeah, like, they update so much, but you know, they're also. Yeah. And I'm not sure what Jackson always helps me with this, but I'm not exactly sure uh, how I listen to music right now. But I'm pretty sure it's just a chip in my head, and I don't realize it because I get in my car and I sit down, and it automatically plays like one of my playlists or one of my podcasts, and I go okay, I'm just going to like listen because I have no idea where this is coming from. And I start pushing <laughs> buttons and I get lost. So I don't know if I'm the only one out there like that. I love my music. But uh, what do you guys use for listening to music? We're not even talking about the personal side here yet. Kate, what do you use? Spotify all day, every day. That's where I get all my music. I know. I was complimenting. We got a, we got a Christmas card today and it says, hey, yeah. listen to our playlist. Jimmy Z, this is for you because I know you do this stuff too. Jimmy Z's classic about making playlists. 
uh, Rick Gosser's Pandora. I do love Pandora, but it's like, hey, just uh, just out our Christmas song list on Spotify. So yeah, Spotify social. has really like turned music into a social media platform. Like Jen is on our writing team, our social media team, and she created a playlist for her Christmas party, and people can just add songs to it, and it's very cool. Follow me on Spotify, and you can help DJ this party coming up. I mean, that's amazing. Wow. Wow. See what your friends are listening to. It's it's really it's really a great platform. I know, I know. And so uh, Jackson just is switching me over from Pandora to Spotify. So I'm giving it a chance. And Holly's got what is that Apple Music or something like that? Yeah, and and I I had Apple Music for the longest time. I is from the minute I had an iPhone, I had Apple Music. As soon as they released it, they were like, you know, all mu- it's like. X amount of dollars per month. And then when I became a student in college, I was able to knock a few bucks off that price, which was nice. And then um, I, you know, wasn't a student for a little while, so I couldn't use that discount. I was like, time to switch to Spotify. So, well, also because I switched to an Android and Android with that, it's like you have to download your music from a computer. So you don't have like a built in, like you're not tied to just like with iPhone has Apple music, you're not going to get Samsung music. So what I did was I was like, it's time. I'm just going to switch to Spotify. And ever since then I am in love with Spotify and I don't even know why I didn't before. Except I noticed, you know, and I was listening again to the strategic innovation about, you don't always have to be first, you have to be best. And then there's a balance of being first, being best, and then writing on the success of others. So, um, you know, we're talking about uh, what, what was the first one? Jeez, I can't even remember it now. It was what? The, uh, the first music uh, platform or social. Oh, um, Napster. Napster, right? <laughs> hey, do you yeah. remember Napster? Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, I do. Like, that gave where? our computer all of the viruses. <laughs> Every virus was Napster related. So and then there was LimeWire, which was the oh, yeah. the downfall of the computer in the middle of me writing a huge term paper, and it combusted. Yeah. So see now, Bill Haas and I are reminiscing about punch cards in the stream here, and now we're just talking about Napster. And that was only like eight years ago, wasn't it? It was like wasn't even like that long ago. No, it was, uh, no, it was longer ago. It was, was like eight, school, it, it was like eight years ago. Eight years ago. Sorry, I do a lot of time travel, so I get. No, oh, yeah, I definitely remember that. We had a computer dedicated just to Napster because of how <laughs> slow it made that computer. <laughs> uh, look at where we've come, and then. Uh, Anybody remember modems? We're not going to go there. Okay, there we go. So now, <laughs> yeah, because and so now and now we get into this self-adoration society. And so, um, you know, I know we talked about streaming and streaming is going to get better. And uh, so uh, in terms of micro influencers and entrepreneurs will take over in 2019. Kate, did we perfectly position ourselves or what? Come on. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think they mean by this? Will take over in 2019. Uh, I when I read it, I pictured. Uh, have you ever seen the movie? I did ask Kate Jackson, just so you know. No, no, no I, go ahead, Jackson. I know, but it, go for it. I don't know. Jump in when I can. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I thought about the uh, the episode of Black Mirror with uh with the social where you had me watch which i'm still freaked out where you voted you know did you like this person did you not like this person then knock them down if you you know your influencer score basically which was 
very scary. And I yeah, hope China's, that's not what China's like. doing that right now. So that's what's really scary. So. Well, let's stay here for yes. as long as we can. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, so uh, Gen Z will change how we market generation Instagram. Kate, any thoughts on this? I'm not as into Instagram. Um, can I go back and say something about the micro? Oh, yeah, yeah, please, 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 yeah. please, please. Okay, so um, I just I just want to comment on that. I think that this huge boost of micro influencers is because people are finally using LinkedIn the way that they're supposed to be using, and we're seeing, of course, we're seeing micro influencers on Instagram that have a couple thousand followers. But I just know from people with smaller companies that have reached out to influencers on Instagram, even micro influencers, people that have as many followers as I do, that are asking for astronomical amounts of of money to run influencer marketing campaigns, like starting at like $2,500, $3,000. I'll do nothing for less than $3,000. And these are people that only have a thousand followers. So I think as we're seeing other more professional companies and services cross into the business influencer space, they see that for one, these business influencers are very authentic. Like, let's be honest, Dean Delisle is not going to back anything, right? It's going to have to be something that goes towards his brand because he really understands his professional brand and his personal brand. And that's how I think right. a lot of influencers in this business space are. They're going to back things more authentically. They're not going to ask for as much money. And then also they have fantastic networks that have been with them since the beginning of their career. So, I mean, that's, that's a loyal following as far as I'm concerned. So that's why I think it's taking over. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And and it's interesting because we're doing this test in Southeast Asia and they're wanting to talk about business influence, but they haven't even tackled social selling. It has literally taken almost 10 years for, and I'm just reading this one about want to ride my buying cycle. Social will take on all aspects of the buying cycle. My gosh, we've been teaching this for 10 years. And I think now the world, like you said, is catching up to the business side of social. And it's crazy because we've been in it for 10 years, but it's just, you know, the people that come to us this very day in our very classes that just don't realize the impact and the importance of it. But I think that's the change. And, and you know, it's like as much as Southeast Asia and the groups, and, and when we see this global part, it's crazy to think like they're almost just now on uh, Facebook ads, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they want to be so bad business influencers, but they can't even like, like, you know, get LinkedIn just yet. It's just blowing me away how, how there's a shift in our, in our, you know, world and in social. And I think that's going to get into the buying cycle part two. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that kind of leads us into to number 10, what we were talking about, about generation Instagram. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I also think that, Gen Z is changing how we market. And so this is a, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a teacher of you talk to your audience, like, you know, them because you do, you've collected data, you know, you, you market to them, like, you know, them. you speak to them, like, you know, them. you create products, like, you know, them. And so this Gen Z has been born with phones in their hand, right? They've been looking at screens since before they can even remember looking at screens. And so I think it's really going to shift how we market and specifically how we market on Facebook, because yeah. Facebook has made it so easy for people people to create ads and execute and sell a product. But Gen Z is smarter than that. And they know the ways to get around it. They know how to do their research and look for reviews and not just buy something because of one compelling ad. So I really think it's going to shift everything. 
Yeah, and it's um, not true. If I see a compelling ad, I buy it immediately. Jackson, like, you have I, a problem. I, no, Actually, I, maybe I in twenty nine. <laughs> I am just the perfect consumer. Is what I am. It's, it's a gift, really. No, um, for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you gotta treat yourself. So. Jackson's the only one I know that you know they think they must be thinking we're running some sort of ring at the house because Camp Delisle gets an Amazon shipment nearly every single day. Yeah. I'm and looking at commercial. Yeah. They're bringing they're bringing the boxes and they're singing. That happens in our driveway literally. Every oh my gosh, so funny. Yeah, well we were putting up Christmas lights. We were uh, I had to climb off of the roof and uh, get the boxes from the UPS guy. I was like, oh hold on, give me a second. They're for me. But there's, oh yeah, gosh. every time I'm looking at a box, a stack of empty boxes right now. I'll yes. say Amazon. Yeah. So, uh, so, t so, you know, so Kate, well, I mean, think about this. Okay. So we've had a couple of events this week and you literally ordered everything online and it was delivered by somebody and we didn't, you know, other than the bag I carried in today, we really didn't, you know, have to go to the store stop and get anything. And it's almost become this whole societal thing where we know i mean look at uh you know it's like the craziest thing what is that jackson doordash or whatever is the new one and and now yeah. you know i thought that uber eats was the new one and now all of a sudden there's doordash and there's mm -hmm. these other things bringing us whatever we want wherever we're at you know yeah this amazon prime has made living in the city of chicago possible for me hands down <laughs> um it, yeah because you know you i don't have the access to be able to just drive anywhere i get my groceries delivered i get amazon delivered i get caught i get cat food and dog food and cat litter that i would never be able to walk home from jewel it all comes to my door my roommate hates it but um i love it <laughs> Yeah, so so where do we think shopping is going next year? I mean, do we see any any thoughts? You know, let's let's just go to that side of it, and everybody can chime in that's on with us. You guys have been doing great, by the way. We have a lot of people chiming in. Um, in terms of uh, shopping, Kate, do you see anything different now in terms of social tying into shopping in terms of the way that we live? You know, and in you know normal yeah. lives. So in terms of the social, I think that the businesses are making it a lot easier with the customized buttons like on Facebook. And I think we're going to see that on other platforms where you can customize those buttons going back to your web page, like buy now. Um, but in terms of where it's going as a whole shopping in 2019, I think we're going to see a lot more of the voice marketing. Like our friend Nick yeah. Meyer, he came on from Red Fox Creative and talked to us about voice, but I'm seeing that pop up. At first it was like just dominoes you know like hey alexa order me a pizza now we're seeing it everywhere we're seeing it in amazon we're seeing it with everything radio stations concert tickets like and i think that's really where it's going to go next yeah i think i'm about to get a domino's pizza because kate just said that and i got <laughs> this whole place just hooked up to alexa so <laughs> oh my gosh yes alexa oh my but i mean how how smart would it be for like the uber eats and the doordash and the Grubhubs of the world to get on an alexa because then you can even do more and quicker like i need this from this place this from this place this from this place deliver it charge your card it's over well have you have you guys seen the the facebook one that just is coming out i don't i don't even know if it's available yet i just know i'm seeing uh commercials for it all over the place, even in, in front of YouTube videos. And it's the uh, Facebook portal. And you can get one that yes. is, a, is a portrait and you can get one that is a landscape. 
and it is you can you know well it's exclusive i believe to just the facebook um you know video chat uh which the last time i used it wasn't amazing but yeah that was a while ago and then it's i just like stuck Alexa, to one part. is that what it is yeah it's it's like you can you know you can search things on there they show people cooking getting recipes oh. but it's all it's already like propped up on a stand for you so it's not it's not sitting like on the table or anything yeah. it's sitting up so you can like cook and then just swipe oh yeah what needs to do that is pinterest yes well yeah so what's it called jackson it's facebook uh facebook portal portal yeah i just i know somebody that actually just ordered one so it's definitely available but um oh man so yeah so uh so kate you know it's like if you wanted to and i'm not saying you want to but you know it's like they show this woman that's getting ready that has a date coming over that's cooking food and oh my gosh i burned this and i did this she gets her dad on who helps her rescue the dinner and of course he wants to meet the guy and she shuts off the portal right the oh yeah that'd be me too <laughs> yeah and and uh you know well and also you know all of these are coming out with uh they're basically it looks like all of them just bought a bunch of iPads and then, <laughs> and then slapped their logos on it. You know what I mean? They just look right. like the, I, that looks like the iPad mini, the iPad mini a little bit bigger. I don't know the sizes. And then the <laughs> uh, like a tab, like a giant computer tablet. So that's you know it, it's crazy how we're getting to a point where you we're losing that diversity and how you know the yeah. phones and the devices look they're all gonna eventually probably just look like a macbook and an iphone and a, you know they're all gonna probably look the same at some yeah. point yeah, soon. i'm gonna i'm gonna predict on here that facebook's gonna win this and here's why is because they've got you know almost every person in the world on facebook they have two billion people between instagram and and um legitimate users of facebook and instagram and I think they have the audience and they just have to clean up their, <clears throat> as Jackson said, their delivery technology, which I'm sure they'll mm -hmm. just acquire and make it better. Um, but, but, you know, I think they're going to be the ones and, and they're smart if they are, because they already own the social network and Kate, like what you said about shopping and commerce. So now it's like social and just like with Alexa in the background, I could say, Alexa, turn Jackson's music on or whatever, <clears throat> turn it louder. You know, yeah. it's like you're going to have this thing where uh, I think we're going to get into this whole new and this almost seems like science fiction, doesn't it? Yeah. It and I think what also adds to it is Facebook just launched a, like their own streaming thing, too. And they're having their own like Facebook watch shows. Yep. So that's going to be I think that's really oh, going to add to yeah, this. All, well. my, all my Cubs updates, every single game, I thought it, they had the best summary coverage of every single game. So if you missed a game, they had like these three to five minute videos where you could just watch uh, fast every highlight. And they were some of the best highlights that I saw. ESPN wasn't part of it. It was just Facebook's licensing somehow with MLB or with the Cubs. Um, so it's a changing world and how we're watching things. I can't even keep up with uh, the Hulus versus the other, you know, the consumable yeah. television. Oh, it's like crazy. Yeah, and I'd like to make one last comment, just summing this up real quick, is that in in the best of, well, not the best of my knowledge, it's it's my experience with these products and stuff because yeah, I'm the guy that'll go to Best Buy and just play with all the new technology uh, before I buy anything. And that is, you know, 
the Amazon Echo Show is great if you have if if you are an Alexa enabled user. You know if if, oh. if that's gonna match up. So I think because Facebook's kind of late to the game in all this, I yeah. think a lot of them like the only reason I got an Amazon TV or the Amazon Fire Stick thing. The only reason I got that was because I already had an Alexa, so I could it. connect it all. And that's the same with I know people get the Google Chromecast because you know they have a Google phone. They got everything hooked up that way. So it just depends, I think, on the connectivity that you're already set up with prior to purchasing one of these. So I think that's what's going to yeah. determine the success. And of Roger agrees with the Hat Man. So Kate, what do you think? I think that Facebook's if Facebook uses this to their advantage, they can do it really well if they keep producing more products that will work for this. But I also I also think that maybe Google will do better because I actually think a lot of the younger generations are getting off of Facebook. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're not they're not logging on. So for for their niche, I think it's great. But I think they're going to have to continue to put out products that work very well with the Facebook portal um, or it will only do X, Y and Z. And it won't you know, it won't be interesting to a younger generation. Well, any other predictions uh, that we can get in from the audience? So, so far we have Amazon um, Amazon votes coming in uh, in terms of the great race. And and here's what's interesting on the business side. So we'll show up to a ton of meetings and, you know, I can't tell you the number of go-to meetings and, and uh, different uh, other meetings that I have on my phone. I think Rick said, why not just uh, turn our iPads into phones? Um, I think it's just too big. But I do, I do see where you're going because they have so many different variety of sizes. Uh, but I see our meetings and our webcasts and our streams um, really being delivered almost any way you want to consume it, which we talked about at the beginning of this year that uh, the power is in the hands of the consumer and the consumers will dictate what we're using and what we're doing. So as we make these, these predictions and as we make these guesses, I think the most important thing is just to stay checked in, tuned in, and, and, and do whatever's right for your audience, you know, so we all have different audiences, everybody that's listening to this podcast, and I think the most important thing is to make sure that you hear what we're saying and say, is that what my audience wants? Is that where my audience is going? Is that what my audience is doing? And don't be afraid to ask them. Don't be afraid to say, hey, uh, where do you get your news or where do you watch your information or how do you determine, you know, your business advice? Where do you get that? How do you tune in? Uh, all of you are business advisors. All of you are helping people out there. You're all influencers. But to Kate's point, you know, she mentioned the younger audience is going more to Google and off of Facebook. And so are you going after that younger audience or are you going after uh, the audience that's still on Facebook and the audience that's on LinkedIn? So, um, as always, we run out of time on these great segments. Um, but most importantly, from all of us here, we want to wish each and every one of you an amazing, safe holiday. And please, if you haven't done it, finish your plans for 2019. You know, this is the time when you want to take and, and collect all the knowledge that you've gotten from us and other sources and make sure that you put that into action in the, in the new year. And uh, Kate, th anything you want to say to the audience? No, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson. Thank you. Happy holidays. Up. Enjoy the season. And, uh, you know, just spend time with family. 
Yeah. You know, like it's, if, if, you had, if you had, yeah, friends, family, if you've taken the time to look at your 2019 plan and finish that, then take, take a break and go spend the day with your family. Honestly, it's the season. It's the Jackson, season. Are you giving me a signal here? I'm just catching this. So, all right, cool. So yeah. <laughs> I want to just play you catch, you know, Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> without a device in our hand. All right, everybody. Well, listen from all of us at social Jack headquarters and from our social Jack family, we wish you and your family a healthy, happy uh, holiday and a healthy, happy new year. And uh, Roger's telling me to buy Jackson another hat. So, Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you and happy holidays. Bye, y'all.